can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Ladies first. <laughs> Good. <laughs> At talking. Good day, folks. Peter here. Welcome back to Monday's Down Under on the Talking Pools podcast, uh, where I am joined by Lee from the other side of the country. Good day, Lee. How are you? Hi, guys. And Shane Hi guys. from Lee New Lee. Zealand. How are you, Shane? Hi, uh, good, Peter. Yourself? How are you doing, Lee? I'm good, good. I'm very jealous good. of the guys in America are all at that uh, big trade show. So yes. Enjoying seeing the photos from the other side of the, the world. Yeah, they're looking very nice, very smart. Yes. So, let's open up a can of worms, shall we? <laughs> Calcium levels in fiberglass pools. Lee, I believe you've been doing some looking into... Fiberglass manufacturer warranty conditions. Well, I reckon we start from there. Yeah, with yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is something we've all come across um, in our working life. Um, the differences between different um, manufacturers and what they want and what they don't want in their pools. Um, and then trying to adhere and look after the customer's investment for them. So, um, and as a, a good service technician or pool shop, we're always looking to give the customer, obviously, a um, great swimming experience, but looking after their investment. Um, we have mm. a pe- professional responsibility to do that. So, um, yeah, I did a bit of research. I went for five, um, five national... Uh, pool manufacturers, um, companies manufacturing fiberglass shells, of course, because that's the topic here, and looking at the differences of what their parameters of water testing are. And yeah, it was interesting. Some things very expected, but um, some things unexpected, and one of those definitely being calcium. Yes. So, how would you like me to launch into this, Pete? Do you want me just to? Run with it. <laughs> Wind you up and let you go. You go for it. Straight in there. <laughs> okay. So let's have a look. The Australian standards, firstly, for fiberglass pools. Um, and, again, we are working off a very old Australian standard here, which is AS3633 from 1989. And I do understand that that's been reducted, but it has not been replaced as yet. So we only have that to work with. So um, the calcium desired calcium level in a fiberglass pool is anything between zero and 500. Uh, concrete pools, obviously, between 100 and 500. But most of the manufacturers um, were sort of between that 120, 100 level and 300, though one manufacturer actually has a required level of between 80 and 120. 
So, and yet in the next breath, they say they the pool water needs to be maintained balanced. I would so say I somebody made a typo, guys, but when you look at confused, the LSI, yeah, I reckon somebody confused TA would, and uh, and you calcium. would hope so. Hmm. You would hope so, Peter, but further down in the notes, when you actually scroll through, and believe me, I read the whole thing, um, it actually says that they actually don't uh, require calcium in the water at all, So, which was wow. really surprising to me. Um, this particular manufacturer, so I did with all the manufacturers, to be very fair, I um, got a copy of their, their warranties, their, their water test level requirements, the frequency of testing and all of that. Um, not all of that information was easy to get, believe me. Some of it I really had to dig mm. for. Um, and so which, again, lends itself to if cu they want customers to do the right thing, if they want shops and service technicians to do the right thing, this information should be readily available. Absolutely. But, yes, it actually says on this particular company's calcium levels, it says um, that there should really be no reason why you should add calcium chloride to your water. Bullshit. So I actually think the 80 to 120 is actually accurate. Mm. Have they given a reason for this? Um, well, it says that when the pH rises above 7.4, that the calcium begins to leach out of the water, so um, come out of solution, and then it'll cling to the swimming pool surface, that um, all that's required for the calcium to fall out of solution and create a level of scale is a pH higher than 7.5 um, and a calcium level over 150. So they're really looking at not keeping it anywhere near, anywhere near that. So, um, mm -hmm. and it says the higher the levels, the more pronounced the problem will be. And the current guidelines being used are for adding calcium to water based on concrete pool guidelines, which I don't agree with because if they're using Australian Standard 3633, that is covers both fiberglass or inert, I think they refer yep. to it as, Um and um, and it stipulates the calcium, uh, the the um, concrete surfaces separately. So therefore, I, I don't agree with with that statement in their their warranty. But yeah, yeah, the fact that it says there should be no reason to add calcium to the water, even though in the next breath they're saying it has to be balanced. Yeah. So go figure. We have a within about five minutes of my house. There's, there's a few pool shops. <laughs> And, and there's a, a one of them in particular. There's a guy there. He's not well regarded in the industry. His behaviour is appalling. Um, he should probably stay off the drink before he goes to work and while he's at work and probably afterwards as well. But he says to customers outright, oh, if you've got a fibreglass pool, it doesn't need calcium. Now, I was in there once and we were having this discussion. Now, I used to build fibreglass pools. And I once did a test. I got a sheet of gel coat made up uh, and also a few little uh, uh, discs made of gel coat. And I put various samples into different containers of water. One of them, the water was perfectly balanced to LSI with a little bit of 
chlorine in it. Uh, I had it at uh, obviously it fluctuated through through the day, but it was at about two parts per million. The second sample was still balanced to LSI. I increased some of the factors, but had minimal calcium. It was basically tap water. Then I had one that was, uh, although uh, tap water level of calcium, I should say. Then I had one where I pulled out the old chestnut. All you need is acid and salt. Uh, and these all had a salt salt content because that's predominantly what we use here. And I looked at these samples, uh, and after about, from memory, this is going back about 10, 15 years, uh, after a few months, I looked at them. The one that was balanced, the gel coat was in a much better condition than both the one that had no calcium or low calcium but was technically balanced and the one that was uh, essentially an acid bath. The etching to the surface was pronounced in the one without calcium. But I think there's another thing that's got to be considered, and that's bather comfort. How many times have you had people complaining of skin irritation or uh, and you've corrected the calcium, increased the calcium hardness, and the skin irritation's gone away? How many times have you had people say, oh, the water feels so much softer? What did you add? Well, I made it harder. That's why it feels softer. I added calcium. I've had that more times than I care to count. So I think that's another factor. The whole calcium in fiberglass pool debate, as I understand it, comes from the old uh, comes from the idea that because the gel coat doesn't contain calcium, water won't dissolve calcium, so it won't harm the pool. But I'm firmly of the belief that if water can't find calcium, it will find something else to dissolve. And that, I believe, is the, the core of the problem. Well, water is aggressive and it's going oh, to yeah. try and balance itself. It's going to mm. try and correct itself. And so I don't know about you guys, but out of our tap locally, our alkalinity is about 20 parts and our calcium is pretty similar. It's about 20 parts as well. So our water naturally is corrosive. Um, and so you put that into a swimming pool, it's those levels are low. Um, and from as I understand it, while obviously it's not a concrete structure, a fiberglass pool is not a concrete structure, the water will still go seeking for it. So like you like you've said, it'll pull, it'll it, it, it aggressively attacks looking for that calcium to try to correct itself. If you don't give it to it, it will try and find it from somewhere else. And um, Shane, you put on uh, put me onto that excellent um, other link earlier, which I had a great listen to. Mm. And they mm. were talking in there about how um, the water will actually break down the gel coat, trying to get the calcium because apparently there is a, a minute amount of calcium carbonate in um, fiberglass gels or in the gel coat so it'll actually penetrate the gel coat and go looking for the calcium and then that's actually what causes that um that staining or discoloration um or um scale as it, they seem to think that it looks like in the gel coat so um yeah it was, it was really interesting mm. Mm. I think this is going to be one of those debates that's going to go on for many, many years, like the cyanuric acid. Yep. Um, personally, it's the same over in New Zealand. Um, 
Yeah, just speaking to a very old school um, fiberglass pool installer. He says exactly the same thing. My pools don't need any calcium in there. Um, <clears throat> basically, he was saying um, his exact words were a calcium and a fiberglass pool with a soaked um, chlorinator is a death sentence. So quite extreme. Mm. Sorry, can you, <laughs> repeat, can you um, repeat that? Can you, can you repeat that, please? Cal <laughs> uh, calcium in a fiberglass pool with a salty, so chlorinator, is a bit of a death sentence. A death um, sentence for what? Well, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's putting it towards the um, um, the surface of the swimming pool. I mean, this, this particular... Um, comment was addressed to somebody it was it was on a facebook post somebody was seeking answers they had calcium crystals in the bottom of their pool um we were just chatting away and yeah once once i seen that comment you know i was i was asking his opinion you know it's it's fine people it's fine for people to make all of these comments which they do on social media but you need to kind of back that evidence up. Mm. Um, and he he just couldn't. There, so, was, there was no way of backing it up. So what he's referring to is the fact that with a saltwater chlorinator, the pH in the pool mm. just constantly rises because of the, um, the um, pH rise that comes from the chlorine. Um, production mm. and so because of that high ph and the fact that you've got calcium in the water therefore he's talking about scale formation staining <clears throat> calcium stain that sort of thing and yet the fact of the matter is if they just balance their water and correct their ph they don't have an issue but the problem is what i saw in my days in the pool shop with one particular pool builder he would advocate that people didn't have to touch their pools, literally didn't have to touch their pools, and people would take that as gospel. So when somebody came into my shop and I tested their water and their pH was 8 or mm. even higher um, and I asked them to put acid in the pool to lower the pH, they would look at me like I was the devil spawn because <laughs> I was trying to get, in, get them to balance their pool. Um, and it just absolutely dumbfounded me that this person was selling pools off the back of their easy, their low maintenance, but yet at the same time he, what he was asking them to do was actually voiding their warranty. Yeah. So by them not doing anything with their pool, not getting it tested, he even went as far to say to them, you don't have to take your water into the pool shop because they'll just sell, sell you shit you don't need. <laughs> So, Jesus. yeah, it's just like seriously. I did have another client that was not one of his customers, but, again, this client was told by his pool builder just to put acid in on a weekly basis. So he followed those instructions and he put a couple of litres of acid in every week. Now, Hang on, how um, big a pool? He, all he ever did was test the peak, about a 45,000-litre pool. Yep. So we're talking about 10,000 so gallons. We're talking the... about half a gallon per week of acid. Damn, maybe yes. there was any pool left of that. Yeah, 
So he was making an acid bath. Well, that's what happened, <laughs> yeah. Peter. That's exactly what happened. Was mm. that yeah. they after four years the pool the the gel coat on the pool had been eaten away. Yeah. So their their surface instead of being lovely and glassy was textured. Their hydrostatic valve in the bottom of their pool was eaten away and actually drained their pool. Their wow. um, uh, the mechanical seal in their pump was eaten away. The the cell plates in their chlorinator were as thin as paper and were mm. just falling apart. Uh, and, and this pool was only four years old. Purely, and this it was because this fellow followed what he was told. No, people don't read their instruction books. No, they don't read their warranty. Yes, they should, of course. And if they come into the pool shop, you give them that information. But if the pool builder has told them you don't have to touch your pool or you just put a litre or two litres of acid in a week, they're going to do that because they've been told it. But it's wrong. It's the same as I've had. In both of these cases, yes. Yeah, it's the same yeah. as I've had customers when, I, when I've tested their water and said, oh, I just need to, to balance it up, add some chemical. Oh, no, it's chemical free. It's like, well, no, it's not. Water <laughs> itself is a chemical. But um, that's, and I think I mentioned this the other week. I know I have in the past. Uh, that's been a big problem here with the ORP pH controllers where people have sold them on the basis mm. that, oh, we set this up let it go, you you don't have to touch a thing, it'll look after itself for all eternity. Then three months later they come out saying, oh, why is my skin itching? Why is um, why are my eyes burning? Uh, you know, why is the pool gone green? All sorts of things because they're just not maintaining the chemistry. Uh, but, yeah, that's yeah. a common thing here traditionally. Just add acid and salt, that's all you need. So you get out to these pools with a pH of 6 and a, a maybe salt level of 8,000 and you think, what the hell do I do with this? Now, it makes you wonder, are they given that information because this person is just trying to get a sale across the line, they're trying to make pool maintenance seem easy to the, to the pool owner um, or are they actually saying it from a position of the fact that they actually because they don't deal with the maintenance of pools like we do, that they don't understand that to that degree. Maybe it's a combination, probably a combination of both. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say 50-50. Uh, there's a lot of sales reps for pool companies who have very, very limited technical knowledge. Uh, and when, I mean, I used to sell pools, uh, fiberglass pools. And I'd have cases where people had come in quite often. Oh, I want the system that you don't have to do anything. It looks after itself. And I'd say, that's not quite how they work. Oh, well, the other four guys I've spoken to have said it is, so you don't know what you're talking about. I'm thinking, fine, go and stuff up your pool. Um, and some of them, I mean, I'd go out to jobs saying, look, you need a bigger crane than normal to lift it in. You need a smaller bobcat or you need an excavator to dig. Over here, most of our holes... A lot of the holes for pools are excavated with a bobcat, not an excavator, because uh, our coastal plain is mostly sand, uh, although there are pockets of clay and limestone and coffee rock and granite and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of these sales reps would just skip the whole part of, look, how, do we, how are we going to dig the hole? What machines do we need? And I've had ridiculous jobs where people have been told, oh, they you know, will just come in with a bobcat, dig it out, 
there's no way in a blind fit that you can get a bobcat in there. So, yeah, part of it not understanding what happens and another part of it being uh, complete ignorance. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think we're going to solve this one, Peter and Shane. I think Maybe we should not take today. the old-fashioned approach and <coughs> shout one loudly at the top of our voice, we're right, you're wrong. Well, I think fun- <laughs> fundamentally from the information that I got today um, from doing my research, one, I think every pool technician and pool shop should investigate the brands of pool that are in their area that go in commonly. Um so that they're aware of the parameters, the water testing parameters that they they need to adhere to for their for their customers to honour their warranty. Um, but some of them are very questionable, and it can't to me. You can't blame the technicians. Like one of these, um, like with the pH levels, the desired pH levels of between seven point two and seven point four. With these warranties not being honoured because the pool's outside of those parameters, um, that really that really pisses me off, to be quite frank, because I had a customer um, many years ago who had a discoloration in their pool surface. Um, they had had their pool regularly tested. Yes, the chlorine level was occasionally higher than desired or um, required, but it was always corrected. The pH was always corrected. But, yes, those levels were out of range when they came to get their water tested or when we went to test their water. Now, this particular manufacturer said to them that their warranty, despite the fact that they had four years of water testing history, that their warranty was void because their water testing was out of parameters and they listed the the times, and there wasn't that many. Like, but it was like the pH was seven point eight. Now we know that's a really common pH that you mm. see out and about. And of course, you add acid and you correct it. But for them to expect that pool to be within range when it's tested is just completely unrealistic. And I'm sorry, but if these manufacturers manufacturers expect that. They're sorely mistaken. They should stop selling saltwater chlorinators with their pools and they should stop um, selling their pools to commercial and semi-commercials who actually require their chlorine level to be well above their desired level of 1 to 2.5 because a commercial pool needs to keep their chlorine level much higher than that. And also you get situations like a a cryptosporidium. Uh, scenario somebody has liquid yes. fecal incident in the water you've got to knock that up to to 20 uh yes there's ways around it with um chlorine dioxide but that's a whole different kettle of fish but it's just it's just nonsense and unless you want to be you know have a an on-site tech testing the water constantly like a few times a mm-hmm. day you're never going to maintain that no, it's it's like asking some like a, a car manufacturer to tell that the tell the person that they must maintain between forty and forty five liters of fuel in their car at all times, yeah, and a an oil level 
of a certain level and that you can't maintain it out of that level. It's no different. That it's car is being used. It's being driven. Those, 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 yeah, those levels go down mm. and you fill them back up. Like to a pool is no different. Those levels are going to go up and down. And to expect that the levels, when you test a pool, that the levels are going to be within those parameters is just nonsense. That's the desired mm. level. That's where you want to get it to. That's where you correct it and adjust it to. It's not where you expect it to be when you test it. So, um, yeah, I, I think... Just going back to... Um, sorry, Lee. Yeah. Just going back to the pH recommended levels. You were saying 7.2 to 7.4. Yes. And, Peter, would you say that's quite an old school um, theory to have in regards to the older style fiberglass pools i can't remember the term or the the exact term that you were using it was a few episodes ago and you were talking about osmosis was it in the fiberglass that may have been talking about cobalt staining the black spots caused by cobalt migrating through the the cobalt staining uh, which is often called black spot and then you get Mm. black spot algae and you get black spot algae remover and people try to remove cobalt staining with it and it just all goes pear-shaped very quickly. Um, yeah, with that, there are chemicals, there are ways of removing that cobalt staining, uh, which is prevalent on older pools. It's just the technology of the day. But mm. as soon as your pH gets above but about usually 7... the pH needs to be low. Yeah, pH above 7, it'll reappear mm. every single time. And I've treated that with... Hydrochloric acid, I've treated it with oxalic acid. There used to be a great product for that stuff called amidosulfonic acid, but um, I haven't seen that in over 20 years. Although cleaning out the workshop the other day, I did see a two-kilo drum of it. Not much of the lid of the drum left, but um, <laughs> i just got to figure out how to get rid of the stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's, it will, when the pH exceeds 7.0, it will reappear. And it's just, yeah, technology of the day. It's like old cars. The paint used to fade quite badly. It was a technology of the paint. Mm. Um, but in regards to the cobalt staining, this was more prevalent in the older style. This was more prevalent in the older style fiberglass pools compared to the ones nowadays. Yeah. First of all, there was more cobalt in the resin used as a setting agent back in the day, and I'm talking decades ago. Secondly, the gel coat is backed up by a layer these days of vinyl ester resin, typically, and that's less susceptible to osmosis, which carries the cobalt through. And then the gel coat is more resistant to osmosis than it used to be. So not only is there less cobalt in the resins, there's also more resistance to it migrating through the laminate. So I haven't seen black spot cobalt staining on a pool that's been made in probably the last 20-odd years. I'm guessing a number there, but... Very long time. Mm. Um, But there was a tradition here anyway in fiberglass pools for a long time that pH should be kept between 7.0 and 7.2, and the reason was it made the water look clearer. Well, the water's corrosive as hell. It is often going to look clear. And, again, I've said many times, if I get to a new customer where I haven't maintained the pool and the water is absolutely perfectly clear i tell the customer that's really clear water i don't trust it and you can bet your bottom dollar it's corrosive on the lsi 
quite often coupled with a chlorine level that's up through the roof. So the interesting thing is, like, these manufacturers, pH 7.2, 7.4, I don't have a problem with that. Very small window of opportunity mm. there to be right. Especially but, with salt. Um, yeah, yes, absolutely. So, but the thing that gets me is when they want a low calcium level and they've got a low pH and their alkalinity is only between 80 and 120, that LSI is going to be low which mm. is going to eat into the gel coat and therefore make the gel coat more susceptible to staining or calcium scale or, worst-case scenario, black spot, those sort of things. So I can't understand, as, like I suppose they're just trying to avoid that calcium look on it. Like I, in, in the mm. other research that, um, that I did that Shane put me onto, um, it does talk about the fact that the um, the etching of the gel coat and the damaging of the layers of that gel coat then looks like calcium scale, but it's actually not. So it's mm. a, it's a really interesting thing. Mm. Yeah, it does look. Well, like I, do, I was actually thinking myself today that a lot of oh, sorry, Peter, just just wanted to say that I was thinking about it today and. The majority of fiberglass pools <clears throat> that I've seen in New Zealand are blue or black, you know, different shades. And I guess those colours are going to show a form of calcium scale regardless. So possibly this is another reason being why they want the calcium level so low. If those coloured pools are going to promote any form of scale buildup, you're going to see it straight away compared to a lighter, excuse me, a lighter colour pool. Yes, you yeah. will. But generally, it's it's very rare I'll see calcium staining on a pool that's correctly maintained, according mm. to LSI. Mm. Very, very rare. That's why I call it etching because it etches the surface and it feels slightly different yes. uh, underwater. It doesn't have quite the same smooth finish. Uh, when you put, when you look at gel coat and rub your hand across it on a brand new pool, yeah, it feels perfectly smooth. You stick that under a microscope, it's anything mm. but. And, uh, yeah, as you say, if the water's corrosive, it'll start getting into that. Add to that the fact that the way I was always taught it, there's no such thing as a waterproof plastic. Osmosis can happen. Water can migrate through it on a, you know, we're talking microscopic level here. But once that water gets in to those tiny, tiny nooks and crannies, if it's corrosive and starts deteriorating that and affecting the pigments in the gel coat, that's going to give you a faded look. Mm. Same as you. And that's where I'm glass. worried because he, yeah. Um, this is where I'm, I'm worried because they're, they're going from being, cal they're worried about calcium scale. So therefore they're lowering everything or they're wanting the levels to be lower. Well, this one particular fiberglass manufacturer definitely did. Um, but are they actually then pushing it towards that etching and yep. then causing another problem? So they're avoiding one problem, but are they creating another? Just purely and because the water's not balanced. And they're creating a worse problem 
because on a fiberglass pool, calcium scaling mm. is a piece of cake to remove. Drop out the chlorine, treat it with exactly. an organic acid, oxalic, citric, a blend of the two, whichever you prefer, and the scaling's mm-hmm. gone. Um, I, I was at a pool week before last. Uh, they, that had a party and they had these little lanterns above the pool and some of them fell off, sank to the bottom, and they had some uh, steel components. They left all these horrible rust marks. And, yeah, I took the rust marks off, but it also it made the water look almost milky. And when we cleaned the filter on the next visit, it was full of powder that was off the walls of the pool. And I've been telling this customer for ages, look, we mm. really need to do – it's a recent, recent customer. I said, we really need to deal with that scaling that you've got there. It's easy done. It wasn't until I got the rust. Mm. And when I spoke to them afterwards, I said, the pool looks incredible. It's amazing. Well, yeah, the scaling had been removed. It's not a difficult thing on a fiberglass pool. Yes. No, and actually I had um, years ago, well, actually with that pool that we had the the etching on, um, an industry colleague who I had the greatest respect for actually said to me, because I rang him and said, look, can you help me with this? I'm really, really struggling. Um, And the manufacturer was saying, warranty void because they hadn't um, balance, kept their pool within the balances. Um, and so we, um, he's, he actually said to me, look, this is just a spot test, but he said put some dry acid in a skimmer sock, rub it straight onto um, an inconspicuous spot on the pool, and he said if it cleans it off, you know it cal- it's calcium scale. So, um, and, yeah, and sure enough it wasn't. Like mm. it, it really wasn't. We did go down that route and try those things, hoping that it was calcium scale, but no, it was actually the surface had been etched, so which was unfortunate for this customer. But they had done all the right things, and the manufacturer, yeah, wasn't so easy for them to wipe their hands sometimes. So, oh, as much 100%. as we don't want it to be. Mm. Mm. Interestingly, though, Shane, and for our listeners, um, one of the manufacturers, and this is why it is so important to read your warranty and know what it says in it, um, the warranty was actually null and void if they had an ionizer on there. So um, if the pool was, um, yeah, was fitted with a sanitization system using ultrasonication or ionization of copper, silver, zinc in the combination with electrolysis, the warranty was void. So, um, yeah, very important for people to um, know their warranties. Mm. All I can That's think definitely of, a new one for me. All I can think no, of think- is that at some point they had a problem with an ionised pool with high copper content and somebody threw in a heap of CalHypo staining the walls black. That That's the only reason I could think of that. Although the old Australian standard or, 3633, just, go on. I was just going to say, or they just haven't balanced their pH. Their pH has got high for whatever reason. Maybe they've increased mm. the alkalinity but haven't lowered the pH and that's caused the copper and the silver that's in the water to play out. Possibly, yes, or the calhypo thing uh, and knee-jerk yep. reaction. That's all I can think. But looking at one of the... Um, things you were reading before we were recording, where they were talking about ridiculously low pH. 
Yes. Can you repeat yes. that for this, everyone? And this really surprised me because, yeah, okay. So, Make sure everybody sat down before you mention this. Link. <laughs> oh, yeah. So not mentioning any brands here, <laughs> but the, the manufacturer that actually had the desired calcium level of between 80 and 120 funnily enough, had actually changed their levels. So I've got a copy of their old warranty. Um, and their old warranty, which was 2018, actually had a calci- desired calcium level of between 175 to 225. So in in those last few years, they've changed their level from 175 to 225 down to 80 to 120. And um, they also changed... What else did they change? Um, no, that was that was the only thing. Their pH changed slightly from 7.0, 7.2 to 7.2, 7.4. But getting back to what you were saying, Pete, is that um, they uh, said when you have calcium scale, um, they wanted you to follow the um, following um, instructions. Now, just let me find them. So it says that um, if the uh, – yeah, so if the swimming pool is maintained with a very high pH over a period of time longer than three months and the problem can turn severe, the calcium begins to combine with the pool chlorine, producing a chemical salt known as calcium chloride. Um, I'm going to skip down because it says that the salt attaches itself to the pool surface and causes the surface to appear significantly lighter when hydrate when dehydrated. Um, if the pool looks, um, uh, it, it yes, in some advanced cases is so bad that the pool, even when hydrated, so full of water, still shows the whitening. If the pool has advanced calcium chloride but the gel coat returns to normal when hydrated, i.e. full of water, then the pool can be treated using a chemical solution outlined above. Now, in the solution outlined above, it says that you can lower the pH to 6.5 and then treat with muriatic acid. So, they're asking you to lower the pH to 6.5. It makes the water extremely corrosive. Mm-hmm. And then they're asking you to put even more acid in, but they don't tell you how much more and they don't tell you what level to get it to because, like, let's face it, we can't test the water that low well, unless we're a special chemist um, operation. But, um, yeah, they're wanting us to add even more acid to it. But get this, that's not the last thing. It then but, says... Wait, there's more. Um, it can be treated using the chemical outlined above, chemical solution outlined above, which is the 6.5, and then add more muriatic acid on top. It will take up to six months to allow the treatment to totally dissolve the calcium chloride. So it should be done over winter. So they want you to make an acid bath of your pool, lower the pH <laughs> to some ungodly level, probably down to about five or something. And they want you to leave it like that for six months. So that's number one. But number two, that technically means you've voided your warranty because you are meant to keep it between 7.2 and 7.4. So yep. go figure. <laughs> yep. 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 I'm just um, I'm just inputting everything into um, my saturation calculator, saturation index calculator at the moment. So... If 
the average water temperature over winter, say 12 degrees, mm-hmm. roughly cool. Celsius. This is Celsius. And with a pH of, if it did go down to 5.5, alkalinity at 100, calcium level. But what would, was the calcium would you, would recommended alkali- on this Would your one? alkalinity level actually be at 100, given that you've just put that much Probably acid in not. there? Probably not. No. Probably not. So, um, and the calcium level this particular company required was, you don't really have to add it at all, but if you do, okay, between 80 so. and 120. <laughs> so let's go okay, best case go scenario. Out, let's go out. <laughs> let's go best case scenario. Give them 120. <laughs> One, 120, 120 on the alkalinity, 10 on the calcium level. We're just, we'll just go with a, a, um, a tablet pool, hypothetically. Um, so the TDS is, say, 500. So the LSI is, is negative 3.56. Holy hell. A little bit under. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yes. So, what did you bit. put? The, what did you put the calcium in, there, Shane? That, that was ten, but I mean, even if I have a calcium level of two hundred, negative two point two eight, and that's so, with, I mean, it doesn't really. Matter. And that's with an alkalinity of one twenty. Did you say? It is. Yes. Okay. Let's yeah. try it with an alkalinity. But even if, sorry, I'm just saying, even with the pH of six point five, which they stated. Mm-hmm. Alkalinity at 120, calcium at 200, um, still negative 1.28. Yeah, so it's still corrosive. Yeah. But just out of curiosity, mm. put the alkalinity in as 80, put the calcium mm-hmm. in at 120, yep. and tell me what it comes out at. Temperature is still the same yeah. over winter, yeah. 12 degrees. That's um, low 50s Fahrenheit. 1.66. Right, right. Thank you, Peter. Okay. So the calcium didn't key. take – adjusting the calcium didn't make that much difference. No, With I mean, even bringing it from though, 120. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to 6.5, yeah. you're fighting an uphill and battle. And 6. But at 6.5, the yeah. 6.5 is where they tell you to get it at, and then you've got to add more muriatic acid in on top of it. Now, this is to get rid of a calcium scale. So you're not only going to get rid of the calcium scale if you indeed have it to start with, mm. but you're going to etch the surface and then you're going to actually I cause you get another rid of your problem. Mm. A major one. Much you're actually worse. going to, yeah. Huge one. Yeah. Much worse. So it just absolutely, yeah, it shocked me. So. Okay, people, yeah. read your warranties. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Definitely. For me, yeah. I will continue to balance water properly. Uh, not only, I yes. mean, if it was to end up in court between a customer, a homeowner, and me on their side if I'm maintaining their pool a- against the manufacturer, uh, I'd be looking at the standards for manufacturing. Cheers, Shane. He's pulled a beer out. Um, I'd be <laughs> looking at the Australian standard for fiberglass pool construction. Or manufacturer, uh, manufacturer. I've got that buried away in a box somewhere. Um, but that would state what ranges the pool has to be able to handle. 
So mm. I tell you now, ranges mm. are much bigger than that 0.2 on the pH, you know, 7.2 to 7.4 or whatever oh, it may absolutely. be. They've got to be built in such a way that can, can handle the full range specified in the standard. And I think the thing is, for a warranty, it really needs to be realistic. Yeah. Like giving a customer such a small scope, or, or I shouldn't say scope, but a small parameter to keep mm. that pool within, and it's it's unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. So I think that it really needs to. Everybody just wants to do the right thing. Nobody wants problems. But we also don't want people to pass the buck. Yeah. This seems to be, with calcium, it seems to be a blame game. Mm. The, the, the owner blames the manufacturer. The manu- manufacturer blames the pool technician or the pool shop. Like, it just goes round and round and round in circles. And all we or all any of us want to do, whether it be manufacturer, owner, or the shop, or the service technician, we don't want to have this problem. So if we know how to deal with it, we know what it is, and everybody's on the same page. Problem solved. But unfortunately, that's just too much common sense, isn't it? Like I say, common sense is no longer... I like that phrase, common sense, don't I? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What did I read recently? Uh, Common sense is so rare these days, it should be classed as a superpower. (laughs) nice anyway so yes if any pool manufacturers out there would like to talk to us please email yeah yeah we should get them on the show yeah (laughs) talkingpools at gmail.com reach out we'd love to have this conversation live on a podcast with you please enlighten us absolutely and great calcium debate oh yeah and any other questions you have out there, uh, again, talkingpools at gmail.com. Rudy will read the question and send it to the host or hosts that he deems <coughs> most appropriate to answer it. For now, you guys have a great rest of the week. Uh, it's Wednesday over uh, when we're recording this. So you have a great week. Stay safe out there. Make lots of money. Thanks, everyone. Shane's frozen. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 